0: Hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning.
1: How are you this morning, Dr. Paul? Pretty and rare Yes, absolutely. To solve
0: all the problems. <laughs> but we have the G7, they're meeting, so I guess yeah. they're gonna alleviate from our problems. They'll have, they'll come up with solutions. Now we have to figure out, are they an economic group, or are they a political group, or, or are they a military group, or is it a study committee? Or
1: a comedy group.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, they got started way back in 1973, and it was just a little club, but but now it's a big deal, and uh, they have their, their problems to deal with. And uh, it looks like, uh, from what I see, is uh, th- the t- top of their agenda for this meeting will be... Uh, ukraine maybe maybe they 'll have a solution, maybe they 'll say, "You know what we 're part of this NATO group. We have a lot of influence here why don 't we advise NATO? Just go home, yeah. just forget about Ukraine and tell the Russians, just knock it off you can 't you're not allowed to own all of ukraine you have you have your part." But that's that's not likely to happen because the same people who want to perpetuate the war, and it looks to me like they're really buckling down. They're not saying, "Is there a solution? How can we back off? How when will the diplomats break, have a breakthrough?" They're saying, "Look out! We're going to uh, we're going to be in uh, Ukraine for as long as necessary. They're not going to give up." And uh, it is a little scary when. People say, well, if so-and-so does this, that's the beginning of World War III. Of course, that's been, that threat has been used many times over the years, but uh, I, I, I think they're never to, totally false. It's just a horrible thought, and most people say, well, that can't be true, so we won't, we won't worry about that today. And, uh, but once there's, uh, you, you know, this smoldering resentment and weapons and killing, Going on an argument about borders, there's always this uh, this danger. But I don't think the uh, solution is going to come out of this G7 summit. I just think I just think that uh, if if anything, it'll be more antagonism and more land on the law, and uh, there will be more division and hatred thrown at uh, at the Russians right now. And that we will not be moving in the right direction.
1: And the interesting thing is at this point it doesn't matter because you've already vilified them for years and years. You've put every sanction you can on and it has had the opposite effect. So basically it doesn't matter what they say. They're still living in la-la land. Uh, you know, there's no question about it. Uh, the, you know, They've been pushing a military solution rather than a diplomatic solution. And now it's become a self-fulfilling prophecy because there is no diplomatic solution. There is absolutely no incentive for Russia to sit down now that it's winning and it looks like it may take Odessa in the near future. Because Ukrainians, Kiev has moved reserves from Odessa up to Kharkov to try to plug that hole. So the fact of the matter is, they have missed the window for a diplomatic solution by their own choice, by their own miscalculation, because they believed they could use Ukraine as a bludgeon to beat Russia into submission. And it's had the opposite effect. So what do they do now, as leaders, political leaders always do, Dr. Paul, when they make a huge mistake, they double down, right? We're going into <laughs> Iraq. Oh my gosh, we're getting our rear ends kicked. Let's do a surge. Same thing with Afghanistan. So that's why put up this first clip and you'll see here's their brilliant solution. Here they are sitting around the table. There's Boris Johnson slouching. G7 pledges renewed solidarity with Ukraine. And here's what they said. They will continue to support Ukraine, quote, For as long as it takes what do you think about that dr paul as long as it takes it's
0: good for the military industrial complex they're going to make a couple bucks on on this one you know uh, looking back on when this started this was in 73 That was uh, not too long after, you know, the fall of Berlin Wall. We were talking to the Russians more so. And Yeltsin, I think, was participating. And he he wasn't totally ignored. And there was movement in that direction. And then uh, eventually, uh, you know, the group became more hostile and uh, they ostracized the, the Russians. But it's interesting to note that uh, while Trump was in office, he actually made the suggestion to them at a meeting that they start talking to the Russians again. And, of course, that's that type of thing was so dangerous. They... You know, they flip that around and say, "Oh, he's a communist," and, you know, all that stuff. But I think that probably was an honest suggestion uh, coming out of his uh, his administration. But that was, uh, you, know, you know, we we know w- when it started, and the Russians were sort of included, and then it faded. But I think this thing, which is probably a true statement, that uh, there was an overture made by uh, by uh, the. Uh, 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 you, you know, the administration under Trump. But uh, that might have been uh, the final blow. For, forget it, folks. Uh, that's probably what led, led to the uh, uh, more aggressive attitude of the Russians.
1: Yeah, and the, the, the White House itself released its own fact sheet to follow up on this pledge for eternal support for a losing cause, which they're very good at supporting losing causes. And we can put that next one up here straight out of the White House fact sheet. The united states and g7 to take further action to support ukraine and hold the russian federation accountable and i have a little clip from this statement if you can do this next one if you can Uh, and here's the early statement from it the united states has rallied over 30 allies and partners around the world well that doesn't sound that impressive when you remember that there are 195 countries so we're bragging about rallying 30 of the 195 and just put that back up if you don't mind And here's what they're rallying to do, Dr. Paul. They're rallying around the world to impose drastic costs on Russia. So I went back and looked around, and what are these drastic costs that Russia is facing thanks to these sanctions? Put up that next clip, please. Here are the drastic costs. Russia doubles fossil fuel revenue since invasion of Ukraine (laughs) began. So everything they're doing is having the opposite effect they're actually literally helping fund the war in Ukraine by, by rising these costs. And what's happening to the people that live in these countries is they are facing a huge burden and it's taking a toll. And this is a poll that I just looked at, Dr. Paul. This is a YouGov poll from earlier this month in the UK. Put that up and you can see the inflection point. This is very, very important. The British do not want to support sanctions against Russia anymore. If this leads to a further deterioration of their lives and you can see where that inflection point hits dr. Paul uh, where the people who oppose more sanctions now have surpassed those in favor of course when they started in the ro- and the war propaganda is high everyone just sucks it in but when they start realizing the costs and you look at that fourth question they oppose more sanctions if it results in a significant increase in energy prices 45% to 38 so they are losing the public opinion war in Europe and I think they're realizing it dr. Paul and let's do this next one here's a German Chancellor who is really a hapless fellow every day he's ridiculed by Zelensky and every day he like a puppy dog he <laughs> comes back to his heel And um, here's uh, Schultz as G7 we stand united on Ukraine's side and will continue our support for this we all have to take tough but necessary decisions Thank you, Zelensky, for your participation today. We will continue to increase pressure on Putin. This war has to come to an end. Well, it is coming to an end, Dr. Paul, but not in the way that they think. That's for sure.
0: You know, in those sanctions, are, they have named 570 groups. And they've about proven, and you mentioned it. You know, and they're, the sanctions on the oil tend, it may make Russia <laughs> richer. So what, what's this going to do? And uh, yet they they pursue this, but then they also, in in their promises to help Ukraine, uh, they they commit 7.5 billion dollars in economic aid plus all the other. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. they're well over 40 billion right now. So it's 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 nothing more than the same old stuff and no matter how how much it has failed uh, they continue to do do the same thing. So uh but the the one that uh I think I'll be talking about a little bit uh, this uh this Friday when I do more economic stuff where I, which I found a little silly they're going to sanction Russia and say you're going we're not going to allow you to sell any of your gold. <laughs> you better and I thought well, you know maybe they're doing the russians a favor of course they'll still sell it i mean they still yeah. sell their oil i mean yeah. that's just talk but uh in a way if they were effective they would say "You, you know what russians you just hang on to your real money, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and just like your oil became more valuable, maybe your gold will become more
1: valuable too. Well, the Indians and Chinese love gold, so they'll probably you know be bathing in it. <laughs> yeah, after
0: this. they could probably get it out of there without going going through a pipeline in Europe. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you make a good point about this seven billion, Doctor Paul, because I really think, and I've said it many times before, but I think that's how we're going to win because this seven billion is being shipped over Ukraine to help their just their general budget their <laughs> cost of running their government. So I think when Americans myself included when you look at your general monthly budget with inflation through the roof and then you look at well it's really tough on me but we got to send all this money to Ukraine mm. I just don't think Americans are going to are going to be too happy about saddling this burden.
0: No, I I don't think so and I think they are waking up already and I think there's less support yeah. for for Ukraine and uh, it's it's the money and it's the waste that goes on and uh then when they i think the one that really is the toughest ones uh for the biden administration is the, is the fact that these oil prices are soaring yeah. <laughs> and the russians are making all this money yeah. they're benefiting the most if you think of uh, how how dumb can it get yeah uh, but they'll figure out something <laughs> and uh then again, if you say, well, Ron, don't worry about it, because the, you can have clear understanding of this because their goal is chaos in yeah. the streets and making a mess out of things. Well, uh, that's uh, that's not difficult for them. It seems like governments are uh, pretty much experts in that.
1: Yeah, that's the only thing they're good at. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of the G7, now here's a word you're not going to hear. Let's put up this next. This is from our friends at Zero Hedge. And it's um, if we put on that next clip, COVID falls from the G7 agenda. Focus now on Russia, Russia, Russia. (laughs) And it's a great article. I encourage our viewers to read the article, but he's saying, you know, remember just at the beginning of this year when the TV or the web nonstop, COVID, 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 Fauci, Fauci, Fauci. Well, the one thing that you're not seeing at G7 is any talk of COVID at all. They found something new to scare the people with. The question Dr. Paul is, is it working?
0: You know, they, they want to emphasize Russia, of yeah, course, yeah. and uh, what's going on in Ukraine. But the secondary topics, I, I think, are pretty interesting and useless, too. Uh, we need to talk about uh, climate, uh, climate change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have to have that high on the agenda. And gender equality. Oh, yeah, of course. So <laughs> that, that will save, all, save the world, too, uh, you know, by, by all that mischief so they um they have those plans but my guess is it's not going to do a whole lot of good and uh but the but the good news here is I think it's just pure pragmatism that they had to drop uh, drop COVID yeah. because all because it's coming through. And you can read stories where they used the word lie. You know, it was based on lies and bad economics and and bad uh, medical science and on and on. And 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 people are starting uh, to say, which used to put you, get you practically a jail sentence, that uh, lockdowns were bad. You know, and that uh, and, and none of that stuff works. You can say that now. And uh, I think most of the people realize that. So the rebellion came on when they decided football was more superior than anything else. And we want we don't want to go to this football game with our mask on. And we don't believe your lies.
1: (laughs) And you're right. The lies did take over and people realized it. And they realized they can't push it anymore. And the article points out that the infection fatality rate was much lower than they said. Uh, The idea that the pandemic of the unvaccinated would be the next wave, that didn't happen at all. And in fact, they have a link to uh, an article about the fact that people who have gotten all their shots and boosters now appear to be more likely to get the virus than those who haven't had anything. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And that was, I think, a Johns Hopkins study. So it wasn't some crazy thing. So this is gone. They need some more fear. They're trying to push Russia as fear. But in the article, Dr. Paul, I noticed something that that reminded me of something that you said, which is they're still trying to deflect because, as they pointed out, and as you said from the beginning before COVID, this inflation business started before COVID. So they can't start saying, Russia, Russia, be afraid. Don't look over here at inflation because that was already baked yeah, in.
0: Absolutely. You know the uh, the other thing is that they've recognized is is the vaccine passports didn't work, yeah. and and they gave the, a lot of Americans credit for this because that was a line they didn't want to cross, where uh, you, you had to literally have a passport. And then when you they started talking about you know an injection, and then we had all this controversy with the vaccines. Yeah. You know that uh, it's a uh, it, it was a eye opener for a lot of people. And uh, the the article also mentions that most of the most of the enlightenment came uh, uh, in, in the states that have a political significance to it, where the shift is. And there was of uh, this polling that occurred yesterday. Somebody started. It was amazing. It was even reported on CNN that they they looked at the uh, registration rolls and over a million people. I didn't know they had the details uh-huh. of this. A million people went. From being registered as a Democrat to being registered as a Republican, so
1: well they'll fix that with mail-in voting. Don't worry, yeah, right? doesn't matter how you vote. <laughs> but, but that at least it gets their attention. <laughs> it gets their attention. Well, speaking of the um, buffoonery of the G7, before we move ahead, let's look at this because it wouldn't be a G7 discussion without showing the buffoonery of Boris Johnson, who was really a global joke. And Joe Biden, who's a very serious (laughs) intellectual, all right? But here's a graph. This is from Pew. If we could look at that next one just before we move on. Um, And this shows how uh, Americans' biggest concern now is inflation. And you see that COVID is at the very, very bottom of the list, below racism and road conditions and climate change. So people aren't concerned about it. And that's why their fingers are in the wind and they're not seeing something But here's something else that they're probably concerned about if we can put that next one on this is from our friends over at the libertarian institute they've they've noticed this and it is pretty important uh for the military the pentagon is struggling to recruit young americans the army is waiving high school graduation requirements basically if you've got a pulse and join the army it looks like that's what they're saying at least
0: yeah and you know uh, the conditions that exist you know uh are we in a a war or are we in a war and economic conditions all have an effect on on recruiting but in the 60s uh the recruiting went way down because uh the uh, our country was waking up a lot sooner than our leaders were waking up so they uh uh, they they literally you, you know uh would would uh you know have to go out and get the troops and that's why there was the draft which further compli- you know complicated things and and angered people that's when that's when the revolt came uh, came, uh, uh very clear uh, in the streets our streets and people say saying this is too much but uh you know the when when conditions like this and the, there's a, lo- a lot of reasons you know why uh uh, they're they're not recruiting. I mean, there's the economic reasons. There's also, you know, the hawkish type of conservatives. They don't like all this all this uh, uh, genderism yeah. that's going on, and all the uh, all, all, all those <laughs> those new and fancy ideas. And uh, also, I think the uh, uh, conditions will lead to some, and I, I, every once in a while, you'll still bump into people say, you know, it looks like we might have to have a draft. Yeah. You know, an authoritarian uh, who have no qualms about taxing the living daylights out of the American people to go over and pump in 50 and 60 billion dollars into, uh, into Ukraine, and even though the numbers of Americans dying, you know, are... Uh, it's not the numbers aren't significant, yeah. but it's it's also a lot of other people have died, and there's a lot of problems. And there's a lot of economic uh, consequence from this, and uh, it's uh, uh, it it is also uh, affected. You know the recruiting. Uh, and this this was true on a lot of people that were in the reserves that got sent over in the Middle East wars, you know, the Bush wars, because they didn't have enough people, but they called up all the reservists, and some of them, or a lot of them, were single mothers with yeah. kids at home. And, and they called them up, and uh, they uh, they uh, sent, sent them over there. And there was no no easy answer to that. It made the, made the things much worse. But there the, I think... Basically, the fact that there seems to be a a shortage here, it might not be the worst news in the world. Maybe that'll make the the, the leaders stop and think maybe defending liberty uh, isn't best done by taking away liberty.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, here's a couple of numbers from the piece, and let's put them on so we know what we're talking about. Put on that next clip. Uh, This is from the uh, Libertarian Institute piece. NBC News obtained an internal Defense Department survey that found only 9% of qualified citizens want to join the military, the lowest result since 2007. And that's with lowered standards. And they go on to talk about the Army is well short of its recruitment goal. With just three months left in the 2022 fiscal year, that branch has met only 40% of its objective. Way, way low. And so you, you, you touched on it, though, Dr. Paul. Why is that? Well, we don't know exactly. There's probably a number of reasons. The economy is probably one of them. There's nothing like the poverty draft to fill up those ranks. But you've got to wonder about the vaccine mandate. A lot of people left the military because they said, hey, take this jab or else. And then they started dropping like flies and they weren't too happy about it. There might be another reason, which is the intense um, virus of wokeism, and you suggested it earlier, that has, seems to have infected the military more than any other aspect of our society, The one branch that's supposed to blow things up and kill people has gone nuts with woke. And here's an example. Uh, The United States Marine Corps, the champions of blowing stuff up and killing people, Uh, and when you need it, you need to have a Marine. Well, they've kind of changed their tune a little bit. Let's put on that next clip if we can. Here they are with a rainbow bullet in their helmet, and it says, this is the U.S. Marine Corps official Twitter feed. Throughout June, the USMC takes pride in recognizing and honoring The contributions of our LGBTQ (laughs) service members. We remain committed to da 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 blah, blah, blah. Not to say that you should discriminate against people, but the fact is they are pushing this. And the other thing, Dr. Paul, I'm going to play a short little video clip. This is the United States Navy. They actually made a video telling people how important it was to use the right pronouns. Let's listen to about 30 seconds of this. It seems like it's fake, but it is not fake. Hi, my name is Johnny, and I use he, him pronouns.
0: Hi, and I'm Conchi, and I use she, her pronouns.
1: And we're here to talk about pronouns.
0: What is a pronoun? A pronoun is how we identify ourselves apart from our name, and it's also how people refer to us in conversations.
1: Using the right pronouns is a really simple way to affirm someone's identity. It is a signal of acceptance and respect.
0: If it's a signal of acceptance and respect, how do we go about creating
1: a So the safe thing is, Dr. Paul, can you every- imagine watching this video and saying, hey, I want to go join the Navy? I was <laughs> thinking, what is Putin looking at? Does he become <laughs> frightened?
0: <laughs> yeah. He looked at the, oh,
1: boy, we better get busy. Look at the,
0: look at the enemy, you know. look really at What they're doing. So, but then there were, how many, how many thousand uh, naval reservists just got fired or yep. will be fired? They will be, yes. Because they won't take the vaccine. So first of we, we report that uh, uh, the um, the vaccine issue is dead and gone. Yeah. At the same time, now uh, they're firing people because they won't take the vaccine, which causes more harm than good. Yeah. And. Uh, it's all well chaos is our goal and we're achieving it and let the marxists move in <laughs> so uh, but the people are waking up i still believe uh, <laughs> because they're going to all turn into the liberty report
1: well in fact i'll just close by saying that we we did get better numbers yesterday and we appreciate those of you that watch it maybe you're coming back from your vacations dr paul you told me earlier we don't get vacations why should they <laughs> but um but we do thank you whatever the case we're happy that our numbers are up and if you're watching please try to get other people to watch the show and please hit the likes and comments um, and uh, so we can get more people interested And one of the things that the show is good for is giving you all news about things that are happening with the Ron Paul Institute and we can put on that last clip you've seen it before and you'll see it a couple times again but this is our September 3rd conference we're selling tickets pretty well Anatomy of a Police State over a quarter of the tickets have been sold you got a couple of months and you have a month left little over a month left to get that great early bird fair Gideon, cheaper than last year, trying to make it easy for folks to get together. Um, so I will add in the description uh, how to get your tickets. But if I forget for some reason, ronpaulinstitute.org, you see it on the upper right-hand corner, and click and get some more info. And get those tickets. We want to get together. So the only way we're going to challenge the bad guys <laughs> is if we get together and compare notes.
0: This is a good time to come to a meeting like this because there will be a lot of discussion on on the current events. I believe that we're in a position right now where the bankruptcy, both moral and financial, is becoming very, very evident, and it's not gonna be reversed overnight, and all of a sudden we're going to reverse to a much freer society. It doesn't mean it's not available to us, but I think the climactic end of a bankruptcy, you have to do something about it. You know, Whether it's an individual with financial bankruptcy or a country that becomes morally bankrupt. And uh, in a way, maybe, maybe this debate over the abortion issue might be sort of uh, seeing the, the end of the moral bankruptcy or at least addressing the subject. But this, is, this to me is you know, so, so important because uh, the change is what's happening. I think the inevitability of something not working forever is true. We're, we're broke. It's going to be that way. We're not going to work harder. We're not going to become more tolerant automatically and we're going to have a point in time where we as a country will have to make a decision on do we want to move in the direction of more liberty and uh and, and defend uh, defend those principles that started our country or are we going to say well it's a losing cause uh, i'm either going to move or not pay attention and it will never get as bad as you guys thank you worry too much uh i i think a bankruptcy financially and morally is something that uh, when it's coming to a conclusion is serious business, it's an ongoing crisis of the moral standards is an ongoing uh, problem that exists in this country for 100 years, the same way as our economic, uh, philosophic crisis has been here and the financial crisis is obviously getting much, much worse. So the climactic end will come. Uh, and uh, the, the biggest, uh, ju- the biggest responsibility I believe we have, is pointing it out try to explain it, but then offer a solution to it and offer what is the replacement, and there is, and it can be found in the cause of liberty. It's been around for a long time, bits and pieces. America has understood it for a long time. Right now, uh, there is a rebirth of some of of these ideas, which I think uh, we should look at as being, being very positive. So we will continue the fight for more liberty because we happen to believe that uh, peace and prosperity can be achievable in a free society much better than when you are living in an authoritarian society. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.